Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cantina Hangouts. I'm your host, David Crispo. With me today is not my co-host, Universal. He cannot be here today, but according to his tweet, he thought today's episode was okay. And we'll get into that a little bit because that doesn't seem to be that uncommon of a take. Um, but again, I'm your host, David Crespo, today. But with me to help me today is uh, a very special guest. Hi, everyone. I'm Baradhan, or Bharat. Um, uh, I'm a filmmaker. I do freelance videography uh, and editing. Um, I love nerdy shit. Um, I love political stuff as well um, and fighting for a more progressive society. And I guess that's how I kind of fell into uh, knowing you online and on Twitter because, you know, you've got the best film takes. And even if you don't have the best film takes, um, no, I just, your passion for film is like, and TV is so like invigorating and I love it. And you're unabashedly like, you know, a decent person, which is great to see as well. Um, yeah. Uh, so that's me. I run a video essay channel called Focal as well, that focuses on filmmakers of color. Um, criminally, uh, don't put as much work into it as I would like to, because it's, you know, not that many uploads. Um, but yeah, I'm writing a new one on Mad Max and settler colonial uh, tropes and themes. Um, and that should be coming out in the next couple of weeks. Well, thank you. That was, you You gave a better opening than I did. Th thank you very much. So it's, it's an honor to have you on. But yeah, that was, that was Thanks great. for having me. Yeah, yeah it's no, a shame Gene isn't here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, rain check. We'll have to have you on another time. Uh, pro probably not this season of Mandalorian, but we'll, we'll figure something else out. There's plenty yeah. of other shit for us to talk about, especially with our conversations on Twitter. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, you, you're, you're a great presence online and I, I appreciate our conversations. And um before we get into today's episode of The Mandalorian, where are you coming from with Star Wars and this show specifically? Because we have made it clear that we were not a fan before this season. Oh, okay. Like in general. Right. It, we, um, yeah. It took me a while to come into it. I think I was just more keen to just see generally what people's thoughts were um, last season. So I didn't do it week by week like I am doing this this year. Um, so I basically waited until the full season was out and then kind of let the kind of hype and whatever conversation die down and hopefully I didn't get spoiled as much as um, I thought I was. Um, and then watch it all. And I think perhaps watching it all in one row gave me a bit of a more positive reaction. Um, I don't know, for some people it was like, I don't know, like my older brother and his cousin, they were like, they were like, oh, it's so good. It's like, oh my God, it's like amazing. But like, however, they're people that I've had big arguments with the run, uh, with The Last Jedi about, right? Like I mm -hmm. love The Last Jedi. I think it's the best Star Wars film. Um, like I've had some heated discussions with them that have like, you know, you start at one place, you know, and then it leads to like, oh, leftism is ruining culture. I, why do oh. they put all these women in it? Why do they put like, you know, and I'm talking with other brown people, but they're kind of like, oh, I don't quite like how this woman, she's like, you know, really strong. And I'm like, have you seen the other Star Wars films? Like <laughs> the amount of crazy shit that they do, you know, like all these flips and stuff. And it's like, you know, midichlorians when that, come, when that comes into it as well. Um, and yeah, so that's, uh, I love The Last Jedi. Uh, the Rise of Skywalker was um, one of the worst experiences that I've had in a cinema. Um, I felt completely dumbfounded and uh, 
just struck in the back of her head. I thought I had entered a fugue state or something because at the end, when um, that old lady says um, to Ray, like, where are you from or who are you? She's like, oh, I'm Skywalker. I like laughed maniacally because I was like, oh my God, they, they did the thing, it's so bad. <laughs> and I was like, who wrote this? And the whole theater clapped and hollered like in earnest. And I just thought at that point, I was just like, I, I don't know if Star Wars is for me anymore at this point. <laughs> I was like, what are they doing? Um, so I was quite shattered about that. And I think it was probably actually only after that. Oh yeah. It would have been a bit after that, that I actually watched um, the Mandalorian season one. So I think perhaps coming off that really big low, um, I was bound to be um, impressed or at least have some, a little bit of a positive reaction to something. Um, but yeah, like I thought the way that the first season did it with um, some interconnected episodes and someone's um, just totally uh, uh, self-contained. I thought that was an interesting concept and um, yeah, watching it, I guess, uh, watching it week by week now has proved, um, I think perhaps the same for me in a little way where, um, yeah, I, I can really like some episodes and then some episodes I've kind of been like, I don't know whether I specifically like this, not because if it's self-contained or maybe I just didn't enjoy what, what happened within it. Um, yeah. yeah. What did you think about this episode, The Siege, which is also the first directed by Carl Weathers? Yeah, they're really just giving out the directing role, <laughs> things to anybody who wants it, right? <laughs> Seems like it, but you know what? To, to this season's credit, I think that he, I think this is. I'll just say real quick. I think this is the weakest episode of the season, like by far. Um, but Carl Weathers did a good job, like direct, like directing wise is not the problem. I just think there wasn't a lot of meat on this episode's bones for me. Yeah, at I, least. yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I didn't like. There isn't that much that happened, um, and yeah, I guess possibly judging it against all the other ones yeah it probably uh, I don't know um because I I listened to your um one on the last episode and so you you did like that last episode quite well did you yeah that that might be my favorite like the last two specifically might be my favorite of of the bunches but like mm -hmm. a, a significant amount is that more uh, story-wise or because of like um, Bo was Bo-Katan? Bo-Katan. I, like, I liked all the, the story stuff. I thought it actually was like for being such a deep cut like nerdy mm. thing they were going for I thought like it actually presented pretty interesting questions about like what the Mandalorian creed would actually mean to a character who thought they understood it and they're like oh no you were raised by like those guys? Oh, they're like yeah. a death cult. And so he's like having to question stuff, but also like just the technical aspects of, of the episode. I was like, it really reminded me of the feelings I got like when, when you first heard you were going to get new Star Wars movies, you know? It's like, mm -hmm. wow, anything is possible. Like from, but they made it happen like through the tech. Like I fully bought into like the world building for the first time in the series with that one episode. Like it felt like I was watching a, Star Wars, not the Star Wars TV show, if you get what I mean. Then that's, I think that's why yeah. I liked it so much, you know? Mm. 
Well, I think after listening to your episode, I probably warmed on it a bit more. Like I was chatting to it with my brother and I was kind of like, oh, I didn't quite feel it was as organic as it could have been. But I mean, like when you're trying to cross threads like that to kind of, it, it is obviously very difficult to please hardcore fans. Like I, I don't know, I'd say I'm a pretty big Star Wars fan in that I've watched pretty much everything, but I don't read any of the um, novels or anything. So like I watched the Clone Wars, so like I know um, who Death Watcher are and you know all that stuff that happens in Mandalore. Um, but like my memory is a little bit hazy on it as well. So um, yeah, it was really interesting, interesting seeing that come through because I was like, oh, we know all this stuff about Mandalore like through um, Rebels as well. And I'm like, where are where are all these people? Like, what are what are they all doing? Um, and I guess like they are really teasing it out. <laughs> Like, I just wondered, like, what do you think? How long do you think this show is going to continue for? I think it'll last, like, as long as John Favreau wants it to. Um, ideally, I would like, like, a five-season show because I think the show has set up, like, two very specific narrative threads now. Uh, and I promise we'll, we can get into a little more of this episode, too. Again, there's not that much, but, like, uh, even with this episode, I think it established that like it, the conflict is going to come down to like what the future of the child is going to be, and then for the uh, for Mando's like inner conflict is like what does it mean for him to be a Mandalorian, you know? And those are like the two big things. Now, if this was like a show that was completely serialized, which I think a lot of people are asking for, and I'm like, no, I just spent. Uh, like time in a village full of fish people last week that would not have happened if it's a serialized show like to that extent um but if it was serialized i think you could wrap this up in like a movie right like mm -hmm. there's probably not that much like plot stuff but that's okay because like the plot stuff is like it's kind of a back burner for me like i what i'm getting out of it now is really like getting to just be in star wars every like half hour every week for right now um, and so like with those two like big narrative threads, I think it, it could last like five seasons or more. I know it's at least lasting till four because of Giancarlo Esposito's comments. Like, I guess he said like, oh, if you thought this was good, like wait till you get to season three and four where it gets really good. And it's like, you know, when I didn't like the show, that's the last thing I wanted to hear. Like, no, I don't care. Like it needs to be good now. And no, I think it is. So like, I'm game. If it can keep up, like, the potential, I don't need to, like, fall in love with it every week like I did last week, but if if it can keep, like, exploring these pockets of the universe, um, ideally without Gina Carano ever again, I, I will be very happy, <laughs> you know? Like, I'll, I'll, I'll be into it. I think this could really be one of the better Star Wars um, experiments, I guess. Mm. No, it's really interesting, like, the way you put it that way because yeah it is cool seeing those other things and if you can make them uh engaging i guess the slight problem i had is kind of like you know kind of what the beats are going to be but it's an interesting place and it's kind of shows you um society from or like a mini society in some random um planet in a in a more interesting way like particularly like this one um I guess we have been to this planet before, um, but I can never remember the names of the planets now because I feel like usually in Star Wars, you just 
you know what the weather is and then you say this is this planet or like you know it's got specific architecture and you know what it is but then kind of all blurs into one um but this one was interesting in the school and stuff and um but i guess yeah you kind of know they're like oh we're gonna do this thing okay we're gonna go there then there's gonna be some you know we're gonna kill a lot of people really quickly and it's going to be a little bit of a revelation. What is a little revelation? Oh, the little revelations come. Oh, is this changing things? And then eventually it's like, oh, the child's in danger. I'm going to get the child. And then like, you know, Mando usually pulls it out of his ass and, you know, gets it done. Um, but yeah, I do like, um, I don't know. I guess that thing is becoming a little bit tiring for me potentially. Um, but I do, one thing I do appreciate, I guess, is that like, there's not a lot of fat on it in terms of like last week's episode was like just over half an hour. And I remember looking at it, I was like, ah, oh, I want more, <laughs> give me more, <laughs> like before starting it. But then when it ended, I was like, oh, they just said, this is exactly what it's going to be and just ended it rather than, I guess, yeah, they really could have just got Katie Sack off there for ages and just like really extended it out and had this really big discussion. But it's like, no, I guess, perhaps the brevity of it is um, shows like Mando's character in that he just kind of wants to get shit done really, really quickly and be out of there. Like he doesn't want to talk, you know? Yeah. Um, so that just kind of makes sense. Oh, and to go off your uh, Gina Carano point, it's quite funny, like, I guess, because she's an ex, um, uh, what's the word for it? Not Alliance, ex-good guy. <laughs> rebel i think yeah rebel alliance yeah. same thing here I think. oh like what do they come what do they come oh yeah they come the other do they become the alliance afterwards i can't remember i i, I don't know it's like the rebels resistance like i love star wars <laughs> but it's like it's, guys it's all the same thing they're, they're synonyms so yeah. i don't know i think alliance is fine if you want to call mm. them that but i wonder whether like all right there's some dumb thing to be made where i don't know she thinks she's like an ex, like Jenny Carano literally thinks she's like an ex-liberal or something like that and has become disillusioned. She's like, you know, can you write this into my character, you know? And then she ends up being like, I don't know, some Sith Lord or something. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I think because she did not die at the end of this episode, like I think many people are hoping after just coming off full mask transphobe on Twitter and shit. Um, if she if she comes back again this season like she did in the first one like i'll be okay with it because i like that character mm, but as, as just like the actor like you know you, you just can't let that stuff slide anymore so like they either need a recast for next season if she survives or or they get, if they if she comes back they got to kill her off like those are the only two options or just don't or just don't have her back whatever like yeah didn't work out she went missing got killed on the way back to her home planet i don't know but like would you would you would you give up on the show if they continued to have her on i don't know i i guess that's like if, if it's a difficult a, question yeah yeah like if they like made a statement that like no we support her like yeah i'm out sorry like we're not doing the show anymore but like um and, and gene and i've talked about that too where it's like because there was that rumor for a second where they're like oh they, she might get a spinoff show and everyone was immediately like why <laughs> like even if she wasn't like uh, some obnoxious conservative transphobe like why her <laughs> like i liked her as an as an action actress too but like why <laughs> like it just doesn't doesn't make sense um i don't know like if they if they come out in a statement of in support of her right and it's like disney 
and Kathleen Kennedy and John Favreau, like then I'd be like, sorry guys, you, I'm out. Mm. I don't think there's really anything else to talk about. Like if, if Star Wars is also made by George Lucas, who is far more left wing than I think even like Disney as a corporation has ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think Star Wars and his bones also like, you know, there, there is always going to be like the difference between like what we watch and the people that make it like it, it, it's hard to get like everyone on board with the same like politics and stuff like that. Right. But I think that crosses a line, you know, when you're like actively vocally making fun of people's human rights mm-hmm. and that that just should not be allowed. So, yeah, yeah that, no, really definitely great. Yeah, but uh, for, for this episode again, like, just to, if if someone saw this and was like, this is the worst episode because she's back, totally get it, you know, like, uh, if if somehow we could put that aside, I, I did like seeing Carl Weathers' character again. I, I like the revisit to this world. Like, season one had this problem for me where it was like every planet was like a desert planet, even before they went to Tatooine. It was really like just just a lot of vast landscape shots and stuff like that, right? And like I think someone called it like wallpaper cinema, and like it looked nice. It was showing off the tech in a good way, but it's like this season they just totally figured out how to make it like work with multiple camera angles and different like aesthetics. So to go back to the boring planet again, at least I, I think it's kind of boring. Um, it was nice to see that it actually had evolved. Like he brought up with the school and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, we're seeing like actual progress being made in the Star Wars universe without the the Galactic Republic and stuff like that. Like mm. it, it shows that like, hey, that didn't work out for us before. Why don't we try making it better ourselves? And it's like, that's like a really great message, I think, just politically and stuff like that. Like it's fiction, it's it's for children, yeah, for sure. but it's just but it's, it's just kind of neat that that's there. Yeah, because I guess, yeah, a lot of the other content before, like content, um, didn't really include some of that stuff. And I really like when they take a bit of a leap where, I don't know, perhaps casual fans don't really notice it that much. But, you know, as we, we've watched a lot of stuff, like, oh, wow, they don't really talk about this. You know, we don't really see it from children's eyes or talking about revolutions or, you know, taking over fascism because you know back in the 70s it was pretty I don't know it's pretty clear you know what he what George was trying to do um and you didn't have to really be like hey this is what's going on but I think I don't know perhaps it's becoming harder for I don't know to inject some of those themes in in media at the moment yeah <laughs> um, I think so it's really people, interesting yeah I think people just get a little defensive about that and they're like no 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 I like I remember hearing that Mandalorian first came out last year too, that like, uh, oh, I like this because it's like, oh, leaving the politics out of Star Wars. And it's like, look, I didn't love it at first, but like the show is about how basically the Star Wars version of Reconstruction failed, right? Like it's not a one-to-one comparison, but that's kind of what that and the sequel trilogy was initially about, right? Like that, hey, they, they won the war, but it's like, kind of didn't really have all the pieces to put everything back together properly and Mm. here's why that's bad and you know quality arguments aside like that is fundamentally what those stories ended up being about so like star wars will never be without politics i'm very sorry to break it to anybody that still thinks that um 
<laughs> it is it is just cool that they're they're going there um I, yeah but I, I like the expansion of the world building um i like giancarlo esposito coming back this is a question i had for last season i like the actor uh omid abtahi a lot i put I, him in my notes yeah yeah um i thought he died like off screen or something last season Me when too. giancarlo esposito came in and i was like that's disappointing because I'm actually okay with Werner Herzog going out like that because um, that firmly establishes that this new guy does not fuck around, right? Yeah, even though I would love to just see Herzog more, you know. But I think oh, he yeah. probably was in his thing. He was like, I'm shooting for two days and then I'm out. Like, I don't know. They probably shot the first and the last episodes, like, you know, pretty quickly together, I reckon. Yeah, like maybe they just shot his stuff, like, solid and solitary, you know, but, like, yeah, it's too bad, but also, like, he's probably shooting some documentary about why people that like Star Wars are fucking nerds or something. I don't know. <laughs> he's, he's, he's like a legitimate crazy person. Look up the making of uh, any of his films for that. <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah, I, I like his character's name is Dr. Pershing, Omid Abtahi's character. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I guess there's more to uncover there. And my theory from last year was that Oh, because he had the sim. This I had to look into this. I didn't know this off the bat, but he has the symbol of like the clone, uh, little yeah. I base. I just had a look at that actually. Yeah, so it's like yeah. for clones only or something like that. So for yeah. Camino, they were. So he would have been a scientist on Camino. Oh, that's that would have been ages ago. Or was yeah, it still going so on? maybe it's still going on. Maybe he's trying to like build that back up because like. Personally, I mean, anything could happen in Star Wars, but like personally, if I was the Emperor and I was like, okay, we have all these other bases that I used to come to power, I can't really leave those hanging around for other people to use them against me, right? So I would get rid of those. So I'm, I'm assuming those things have been like blown to high heaven for ages now. But, you know, that science like could probably still carry on through like logs and like people like escape from that, right? And so I'm thinking he's got something going on. And then we do see like, cure for wellness style like uh embassy of bodies strung up in these glass containers on a wall and it's like oh i guess we're doing a snoke backstory yes yeah. do, my do you think thought. that because it's like kind of deformed so you kind of think it's like the rise of skywalker like how they show mm-hmm. yeah because yeah. i was wondering what they were doing because i guess like yeah from the child um they're extracting midichlorians maybe <laughs> Yeah, um, but they're experimenting on something and I was wondering like are they trying to make some kind of dark force user and for some reason I didn't clock on but that could have been a, a Snoke thing yeah I guess because this is in between um do you really think they're gonna tie it in that much I think they're gonna try to without having it being as overbearing as the main narrative stuff we already discussed you know what I mean like I because it feels like they are aware that John Favreau is kind of their golden goose, you know? He started Iron Man. He essentially kicked off the biggest franchise in human history by that, right? Then he goes, fucks around. I'm going to go invent some technology so I can do the Jungle Book so I can really use that technology to make the Lion King. Lion King makes more money than God. I'm also doing the first Star Wars live action show ever. Huge hit. Also pushes technology forward in huge capacity. I think he can do whatever he wants with this show or whatever... Disney allows him to, right? I don't mm-hmm. think they're going to tell him no is what I'm saying. But like, I think they've also kind of seen the reaction to Rise of Skywalker. 
love it or hate it, it is a very divisive film. And I think there's a lot of blanks left in the narrative of uh, how that film came to be. So maybe they're just going to use a couple of these episodes to be like, oh yeah, by the way, here's what they were doing with the clone emperor for a future episode. See, so it did all connect. And uh, honestly, as much as that would have driven me away from the show a year ago, I don't hate it right here. I don't, I'm not like a fan of it. I just don't care really. But there's enough going on otherwise where I'm just like, if that's the way they're going or or hopefully something else entirely that we just completely caught off guard by, right? Uh, I, I, can, I can live with it. As long as that's not like, this is what the show's always been about, mm. then I'll be okay. It's not the thesis of the show, so I can live with it, you know? Yeah, that's my concern. Like, if it becomes, that's the entire show. Like, the entire reason of The Mandalorian is that, like, he's his protector that's protecting the child, and if he doesn't, then Snoke will get made or whatever, you know? Um, like I, like, as you were mentioning earlier, like I, it would be interesting just to see these things kind of float past and kind of, he just stumbles upon these things and it's only kind of, if it really directly affects him or like kind of where he's at right now, that it will kind of get involved. Um, cause he has like another quest to take care of the child. Um, but yeah, I just, I want, I, I don't know. I'm kind of hoping it's just like some random creature or something. Um, and then they kind of deal with it post haste. Uh, what do well, you think of that? What do you think of that, like, blue guy? Do you like that blue guy? Whatever his name is. Uh, okay, so the first episode of the show is my least favorite next to the other Dave Filoni-directed episode. And when I first saw that blue guy, it's just that clicked all the wrong buttons for me, right? I was like, oh, no. And then he gets stuck in carbonite, and I was like, oh, thank God. Um, but I, I didn't hate him here. I like that everyone was mean to him, and then I started feeling bad for him, and I was like... Like, yeah, he would probably sell them out in, like, an instance. That's the kind of vibe you get from that guy, right? But I do like that, um, like, it's never addressed. It's, it's I think it's how shown, um, it, it goes to show how good the show's gotten at, like, just uh, blocking and direction of characters. Where, like, the Mandalorian always makes sure that he's getting out, too. The Mandalorian waits for him to get ahead when they're escaping and then trails after everyone to make sure everyone's escaped. So I liked how he was used in this. I don't know if I want to keep seeing him, mm -hmm. but I didn't hate him here. So good job on also improving their show. <laughs> you, you continue winning me over. Uh, I, I want to read some quick responses from people, and then I have one more note about the clone thing. Um, cool. As a, let's see, from Max Rorig, Baby Yoda's a little stinker, so it was a good episode. Uh at Chrome 4 Winds, The Riddle of Steel. Uh, very cool, very fun. Production design and VFX are once again god tier. Good for the overall plot. Fantastic hero moment for Mando at the end. And before, so before the clone revelation right there, it, this episode and the season kind of got into the rhythms of like the episodic nature of these stories, right? So it was really cool to kind of feel like the season plot kick in. Once they yeah. realize, like, oh, this isn't just an empire base that was abandoned. Like, this is, it's still here because there's, like, some heavy shit going on. So even yeah. if it isn't for Snoke, it's like, Carl oh, Carl Weathers' like, character, yeah. sorry to cut you off. Carl Weathers' no, 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 character, ahead. he, like, there's, like, a shot where he kind of, after they see the tanks, he's kind of like, uh, I kind of knew this. Like, it kind of seems like he knew that there was something more to this, you know? Mm -hmm. So I wonder whether or not... 
um, like what's his backstory? Like he was I'm not quite sure. Would he be involved in the empire in some way, or do you reckon they're going to tie him back to that? That he was kind of. I don't. I don't think he's empire leader. I think he just. Um, he's just like a smuggler, like a criminal, right? And now mm-hmm. he's like, like if it wasn't in his best interest to clean up the town, like to remain in power, I, he's not like evil, but he's not like a great dude either, right? I think he's kind of doing things for his own gain, but also like that also aligns with happening to do good right now. So he's like getting comfortable with the good, but not completely there, right? Uh, I don't think he's doing things like to be a surprise villain anymore. I think he kind of filled that role for season one, but he didn't tell the the, the pilot about um, the bundle of clones they found that were incomplete. Yeah. So like, there's something else going on there for sure. I, I like that you you brought that up too. Uh, yeah, I don't I, think he's a complete villain, but I think that he just knows a bit more than he's letting on. And then a couple of episodes later, he's like, I didn't want to tell you, but you know there's more nefarious things going on and yeah Mm -hmm. um i i think that uh even if they they are trying to do the the midichlorian thing again i think it would be a great like resolution for the show if they were like yeah we tried to use midichlorian counts like to raise midichlorian counts in these clones to make them all like a force sensitive army but the force doesn't like fully work that way right it's just a way to like gauge stuff because i think that's like the thing I've definitely missed this long ago. Like George Lucas used that to kind of just say like, hey, it's a way to read the force. It's not like, it's not like, you know, you, you eat a lot of fast food and you get fat. It's not like the same thing, right? Like it's, it's space magic. It's not a one-to-one comparison of weird things you can just kind of put into a person and they become super strong, you know? Like mm-hmm. I think people look at the force sometimes as like a video game level up thing. You know, which is kind of like probably why people hated that Luke Skywalker didn't blow up a Star Destroyer in The Last Jedi, right? He's like, <laughs> yeah. well, he's so powerful after all this time. It's like, yeah, but like the Force and like most fantasy magic in general and fiction, it's like, it's an expression of self, right? It's an expression of like your your rage, your, your joy, your like devotion to people and stuff like that or non-devotion to people if you're like a Sith. But um. I don't know. I just think that's like a gray area. It's not like a hundred percent. They have so many midichlorians. And so I, I just think that'd be interesting if they're like, yeah, we tried to take this force from this baby, but it's not real. So we couldn't do it with science. You know, like, I, I just think that would be like a fun way to shoot down obnoxious fans and make an interesting story. But I know everyone has yeah, different yeah. opinions about the force. Yeah, I think that if they, I think it kind of, doesn't need to be done, but I think if they can do it in a kind of not a over the head way where it's like George Lucas was an idiot or whatever, because like he did create every like, you know, for the better mm-hmm. part of creating everything, um, like still being respectful, but being like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Saying that, like exactly what you said, that it's not the whole point of the thing. You know, people have tried to kind of distort it um, and it doesn't quite work that way. So it still retains that kind of, you know, magical quality that people from who generally just like the original series uh, trilogy um, would like and yeah, to have it be. Yeah. Um, I guess just the, any other big points you want to bring up about the episode? Cause really it, it's like, it's a solid episode. I think the action in the second half is really lots of fun. Um, I thought they were only using one tie fighter in the season finale last year. Cause that's like, an expensive like 
entire effects set you got to build there. So I was like, oh, on this show, you'll probably not be able to afford that much. But no, they just went like all out. And there's like a ground chase that becomes an aerial chase. And mm. it's just like, it. I was very impressed because they have like $15 million budgets per episode. And it does not look like it costs less than like twice that, you know? Yeah, I hadn't really paid much attention to that budget type thing. Because, yeah, I was talking to my brother about it and he was saying potentially last episode was a bit shorter because they did use a lot of effects stuff. And then they were like, oh, we've got to, you know, we don't really have time for it. And it's this kind of short of a story. So we'll just cut it at what that is. Um, yeah, one interesting thing. Did you see that, like, when the guys came off the speeders, when they start chasing, there's two guys who accidentally just bump into each other and they yeah. just die? Like, yeah, they don't I... get shot. They just accidentally stuff up where they're going and they just hit each other and just blow up and die you're like oh my god <laughs> yeah and it, it adds like this really tactile nature to otherwise like you know it, it most of the time they do look like effects and it's like that's totally fine i'm not asking for this to look as good as the actual like 200 million dollar budget films right like it's totally different league altogether but you feel like the movement of everything like that and that is just a funny note that they also build off of because they're like, oh yeah, this elevator won't open. It's like, oh, old empire stuff's not built for like the lava or whatever. And it's like, oh, these idiots, right? And then, you know, there's also that like, another infamous thing is that like the, the stormtroopers are terrible shots, right? Which is the joke from last season. Mm. And so now I guess they're just terrible drivers too, which is, <laughs> yeah. I got a kick out of that. I, I really like that. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like, they've just leaned into the fact that like, the stormtroopers are dumb and funny and it's kind of like let's leave it to the characters that actually do talk you know it's just like they're just going to be cannon fodder and it's like yeah i don't think they're going to delve into the um the ramifications that i guess the sequel trilogy didn't really where you know um the stormtroopers had kidnapped children or <laughs> stuff like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i don't that that's that's a whole other thread that we all know that should have led to like a stormtrooper rebellion i just feel the need to yeah. say that whenever it's brought up like it's right there jj you started whatever whatever um, <laughs> but uh yeah anything else because uh, otherwise my notes just like literally like about like the last scene those are kind of the main like the big broad strikes that i had i guess uh, a small thing that i quite enjoyed like i guess was when mando and the child are like drinking some whatever they're drinking like blue milk i guess or whatever but it's like that mando kind of like lifts his helmet a little bit and you see him drinking and i thought that was really cute and it kind of looked like you know the child was like looking over at him so i feel like i don't know is it is this gonna end in like a rise of skywalker way but in a good way where he like he takes off his helmet or something and then you know sits with the kid and it's like that's just it i thought about that too so because last week introduced the whole thread about like this is how much I liked the last episode. I'm talking about it more than the one I just watched that I did enjoy too. But like, um, it's like, did they introduce the whole like Mandalorian Creed conflict thread? Because like the, the people from actual Mandalore don't, they're not married to their helmets like that. Like he is because that's all he's known. So like for the, like, let's say like the last season or something, like he finally embraces that the Mandalorian Creed is like, basically it's defined by the individual basically. Right. Like, to go around help people kind of like the jedi but not with the laser sword and shit so he would we would be able to see pedro pascal like all the time in the final season mm -hmm. or something like that right 
And that's what I thought of in that scene too, with the little helmet lift. And um, I also don't want to punch Baby Yoda every time I see him. It's just it's great. I don't know. The, the character interactions in this between two characters that basically don't talk mm. like a lot have just so improved this season. It's it's made me like more open to everything. Um, do you do you I, want Baby Yoda to start talking properly? Because I kind of no. do. Oh, okay. Uh, I, well, All right. I mean, I tell me about it. Th- this show has has made me open to so much more than I was initially. That right now I'm saying no, but like really, if it shows me something and I'm like, oh, that was brilliant. I never saw that coming. Sure, uh, but mm. I don't know. It's just personally, I I didn't see Baby Yoda getting more mileage out of the narrative than one season. Like, oh, this journey opens him up to being more open to other people and stuff like that, right? He's not just going to be a cold-blooded bounty hunter. He's going to start taking care of people and help, like, the Outer Rim, like, come back from utter devastation after the, the war with the Empire. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's obviously going to be around for the whole show, which I'm fine with, obviously, now. But, like... Unless they just kill him, and then you're like, no! <laughs> they would just they totally fuck him. up so many people. That, yeah, that, I mean... <laughs> People like started rioting when they started eating unfertilized eggs. So. I did. I did personally find that a bit uncomfortable, but I think it's because I didn't clock on at first that they were unfertilized, and so I was. Kind yeah, of that's like, this that's is weird, but but it still is kind of weird to me. Yeah. anyway. <laughs> yeah, it, it it does. The gray area was just because it was like, oh, these are like the last of her like eggs that she'll ever have in her life, like because yeah, like. If they're unfertilized, it's fine. We like humans do that all the time with chicken eggs. Mm. But if they were like the last chicken eggs ever, you know, gets you're like, wait a second, we should probably talk about this. You know, I think I think because at the end, only one of them hatches. So I just assumed that perhaps like one was only going to hatch at the end anyway, and Mm. it was just like you just make you know just like a fish or like a crocodile or something. You you do tons of eggs, and then whichever one survive. Um, yeah. Or like you pick the best one or just if one of them hatches. So I guess that did make me feel a little bit better about it. But I, I don't know. I just found it like a little bit squirmy because like mm-hmm. you could really feel the like density of the balls and it's like, and you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, that's really like, it's on them for not explaining it very well because constantly throughout the last two weeks now, everyone's been like, no, no, no. They said in this moment, like that does sufficiently explain and like quell my concerns and other people's concerns. But the fact that it's like nestled away in there and not like the mission statement of that episode is probably not a great sign. Just like next time they should probably be more careful with stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so at the end of the episode, Moff Gideon is informed that there is a tracker on the Mandalorian ship and he says they'll be ready. Um, I didn't think they had the budget to build a Star Destroyer set, so I was pleasantly surprised by that too. And we get to see... Uh, that they're working on some new armor, which I had assumed were like new battle droids, but they are not. I was informed by a friend and uh, uh, of the show and uh, just in general, great Star Wars personality, Andrew Boyd Allen. And they mentioned that they were dark troopers. I had to write it down because I forgot. Now, are from you familiar with them? From Rogue One? No. Uh, those what are they? Dark troopers are from Star Wars Battlefront. They're the stormtroopers with the jetpacks. That you can play as. Oh, it's a I mean, I've played that nerd cut. <laughs> oh, like the old one, right? The old one, yeah. Where they, they yeah, fly yeah. No, I used to play like... that all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's a great game. They should have just so updated it. 
I know. I was so disappointed. I was like, you literally have the easiest concept. Just let you generate five different people and just go straight ahead and just kill these AI characters and other people. And then, yeah. the video, you know, yeah. you know microtransactions um, and all that. Stupid. Uh, for interested parties, uh, I believe both original Battlefronts are available on Steam on the PC. So check that yeah, out if you want. I got it actually. So these Dark Troopers, so what's, they just jet, they're just going to be jetpack guys. Yeah, they're going to be jetpack guys, which to me so reads man, out. at a disadvantage. Yeah, like, he'll be at a disadvantage have, yeah. after after their last confrontation. So Moff Gideon, he's like that. That's like a great like Star Wars villain. He's not like super like complicated, but because of like Star Wars villains are so often like aligned with like literal fascism, you know, like that. As we're finding out in the real world, fascists are not complicated. They're quite simple and evil. Um, but like he's just so like methodical. Like okay, I tried this. I, I estimated this approach didn't work. Okay, tried this. All right, now I'm going to update my troops approach by updating them with what defeated me. Like, I don't know. That's just such a clever, like, thing to do, you know? So, like, the next fight won't just be, like, them fighting in TIE Fighters again. You know, it'll be something mm. else entirely. And, uh, yeah, so that's also more salt in the wound of everyone's favorite line from The Rise of Skywalker. Oh, they fly now! They fly now! They fly now. So uh, I, I I kind of like that. I'm so sorry, but no, no. I, <laughs> it's like it, it's like them trying to be like cute and Joss Whedon-y. Um, I don't think it's like very like. I don't think it's the worst thing ever, but also like. I mean they they've flown forever, like yeah. I mean, at, at least in like our lifetimes, right? Like they've they've kind of been flying around and like. Either the expanded universe or video games or tons of stuff. Stuff that mm. was eventually made canon too. So like come on guys. Like it's <laughs> they they've they flown for a while. Sorry. The rest of Star Wars history is just gonna be dunking on the rise of Skywalker. And that's too bad because I really like the first two of that trilogy. <laughs> oh god, what's the what's the writer's name again? Um the guy who did Justice League as well. Chris Terrio. Chris Terry, I don't know who's Chris. I was gonna say Trevorrow, some reason, um, <laughs> but I know he's another guy. Um, yeah, man, that guy keeps getting work. Here's the confession. I, I've said I said this on on the Rise of Skywalker too and other episodes, so this is not surprised. I'm a fan of his because he's like a crazy person. But here, here's the thing: um, you don't team him up with someone whose sole cultural touchstone is Star Wars. <laughs> Which it is for J.J. Abrams, who who I'm otherwise a fan of. You give him one movie, you're good. You do not put him in charge of a franchise. We've seen that twice now. Don't do that anymore. Whoever does that next should be fired. But like you know, individually, I like stuff they've done, and I think for Chris Terrio, you you give him free reign for like a first draft, and then you know you're like, thanks for your time, goodbye. Then you get a filmmaker who can rework it into something like malleable. And their team, right? He, like he he needs structure, he needs like definition, and his writing needs texture because it's all it's all these crazy thematic political ideas, but it's really just a lot of noise unless you can kind of like contain it somehow and take out all the stuff that doesn't work. So, so how do you think Justice League panned out in the writing stages then? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he did. <laughs> so what? Like, that he just did his thing, and then he didn't have 
somebody to rein him in or yeah well like because justice league isn't like really his movie you know it's kind of like like it's not really Zack snyder's movie like the one that's coming out will be more there so that i think i'll be interested to see what does and doesn't work there because i i I actually like what they did with bvs now i'm I'm actually a, a fan of that film i would never say it's a perfect movie not in a million years nor would i say that i love everything in it but i can live with what i enjoy more from that movie than what i don't enjoy you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i can yeah. i can take out the stuff i don't like and just be happy like oh the movie went there i thought that was interesting yeah i love like, the, i love the first half of it and i have kind of warmed on it more like that yeah. was another theater experience which i didn't particularly like the first half was like oh my god and then by the time it was ending i was like oh there's another fate to black is it going to end now like i kind of wanted <laughs> it to end um but yeah i've come around on it yes yeah, I mean, I was I was a BVS hater for a minute there. Uh, now I just hate politicians. But like now I'm like, there, there's good, there's interesting stuff in there. It's not for everyone for sure. But um, I, I personally get a lot of mileage out of it. And that's why I'm interested in the Snyder Cut too. Hmm. Wish he didn't hire Jared Leto back though. Considering things that, alleged things is all. But um, yeah, for, for yeah. Mandalorian, um. We'll see if it continues trying to fix the rise of Skywalker preemptively. Uh, what will be happening with baby Yoda when, oh, next episode, uh, we don't really tee these up because sometimes we don't know who's directing what or whatever, but next episode is uh, Dave Filoni's return behind the camera. I, oh, cool. I, I haven't liked a single live action thing he's directed from the last season. So I'm like, I'm rooting for him. I really am because he's a fantastic writer. And besides George Lucas, clearly no one else knows this universe better than him. Um, the next episode is called The Jedi. And obviously it'll be meeting Ahsoka Tano because that is Dave Filoni's baby. Uh, he's been very protective of her and there's no reason why he shouldn't be. He created that character. It's a fan favorite. Um, I really hope it works out. Uh, that, that, that's all I got right now. Are there any final thoughts you want to leave us with, uh, Abarathon? And uh, anything else? you're looking forward to with the series um i had a quick one which we didn't need to talk about that much but it was really interesting how like um the alliance or the rebels are kind of like cops now it's kind of funny so like last episode or or sorry the episode before um where they're in the tie fighters and they're like uh he's like hey can you help prepare me and they're like uh we just won't take you in (laughs) and he's like cool he's like they've kind of left him for dead and then um have you watched Kim's Convenience before? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. So um, the um, he's a Korean uh, Canadian actor, and he's played one of the Tie Fighter. Like I guess Dave Dave Filoni was the other one, and he played the other guy. And he appeared again in this just last episode when he's interviewing Carl Weathers, um, which is interesting that he's just like you know this uh, X-wing pilot is just like a cop, you know, <laughs> and Carl Weathers is just like oh nothing really happened, you know. Um, and it's like wondering if you know they'll go full a cab you know you never know oh that would be amazing mandalorian <laughs> um but yeah no, i'm quite interested to see where the the season will go um and thanks for having me on it was cool to talk star wars yeah yeah for sure next time we'll we'll have you on uh i don't know we'll, we'll figure something else to talk about there's plenty else to talk about um still be staying home a lot over these next couple months over here in america so uh we'll have time to have you on trust me <laughs> But uh, where can the people find you online? Uh, you can find me at Video Empathy 
uh, on Twitter. It's a bit of a pun on my last name. Um, and then uh, Focal, Filmmakers of Colour and Lustre, is my YouTube channel. Barathan, did I say that right? It's Barathan. Barathan. Yeah. Uh, Barathan, thank you so much for, for coming on. Thanks again. for having me, Diego. Uh, it's great to see you face to face and talk to you, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, no, this this is great. We, we just set up like Zoom calls and hang out and stuff like that because I'm not actually going out to hang out with anyone anyways. But uh, yeah, thanks so much again. Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks for watching. Check out the rest of the Mandalorian recaps at Cantina Hangouts down the links below if you're watching on YouTube. Um, YouTube is evil, but we're still going to upload there for a little bit anyways. Uh, check out the rest of the show on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, Patreon, iTunes. I probably said some stuff twice. That's okay. It's been a long week. Um, and check out the rest of, of early stuff over at Patreon. The Avatar The Last Airbender movie podcast coming out soon. Uh, Legend of Court, you might get a sneak peek of that soon. Uh, the rest of that comes 2021. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We have been professionally unprofessional. <laughs>